Welcome Happy to Thanksgiving! <laughs> this week's episode of Last Call Gaming. We're episode number 153. Today is November 25th. It's been a while. My name is Craig Perales. This handsome turkey devourer is Andrew Montemayor. And uh, as you can tell, we're right in the midst of this gobbling up uh, holiday called, we call Thanksgiving here. Happy late Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's a little late. Uh, but you seem to be very, very uh, joyous. I mean, obviously, you wanted to get that off your chest. Give a shout out to the crowd here. I was going to say, I'm actually like dead tired because I'm running on like three hours of sleep, but Oof. I'm just like riding that peak, you know? I did want to say, so we are, we have been running a few late on some shows a couple weeks ago. Um, there was kind of a big flu going around, so that kind of put us out. And then since then, it's been a lot of family members coming in and out of town. Obviously, now we're in Thanksgiving. I myself have already done three. There's another one I have to do later. Today, you've done, what, two, you said? How many did you do? I just did one. Just one big one? Maybe I'll hang out today for two. Oh. Um, so, since we're on Thanksgiving, and I think we've said it last year, what is your favorite part of it? Is it I, let me guess. Is it? I forget. Do you say stuffing? Is that your favorite part of it? I love stuffing, but no, I'm a mashed potatoes guy. You're mashed potato? I, I almost, I was, in my head, it was either mashed potatoes or it was the stuffing. Well, my favorite thing to do is I take a piece, this is my fat ass, I take a piece of bread with butter, then mashed potatoes, corn, turkey, and maybe a little bit of gravy, and then butter another piece of bread and eat it like a sandwich. Ooh. Except for I eat it like that kid on fucking... Christmas Day? No. Pe- on On uh, pan where he's like... <laughs> Oh, on hook, on hook, hook. yeah. yeah. Uh, I actually did that the other day. We were at Sherry's and I did a biscuit turkey like sandwich. Oh yeah, you, like, I'll yeah. do it with like the little artisan like rolls. Dude, I'll have like twenty rolls. Nice. I've slowly got turned myself into liking instead of turkey. Like I found that I like having like ham more instead of like doing plates and plates of turkey. I very, I found that I'm, I'm a ham man these days. I was like a piece of ham. Other than that, a it's piece, too, it's too much for me. Bro. Too much? Are you a white meat or dark meat guy? I like white. Oh, see, I like that dark, which is kind of weird how that worked out for us in life. So, uh, thank you guys for joining us. And again, sorry for the delay. Hope you guys are safe during the holidays. So, uh, if you guys are watching the YouTube version of this show, make sure you guys like, comment, subscribe, share, and hit that notification bell. If you guys are interested in following us on social media, um, our link tree link tree link is in the description of the youtube video and if you guys are listening to the audio only version of this podcast check us out whatever podcast platform you prefer but the home for us at the moment is anchor so with um all that turkiness out of the way guys before we dive into the main stories here andrew and i'd like to do what are you up to we take a second kind of recap what we've been playing what we've been watching anything we've been up to so andrew it's been a couple weeks since we've sat behind this uh the old faithful here what have you been, what have you been up to um, as far as everything goes, as everyone knows, I'm very slow to like watch anything. I've seen a lot of stuff, but there's a lot of big movies and big things that I haven't watched. So I'm kind of at least committing to trying to do like one movie a week now of something that people say you should watch, you should watch. So any recommendations that you think I haven't seen, throw it out there. Cause I trust me, there's a lot of really big movies I haven't seen, but the first one I did just cause it's been popping up a lot in my like facebook feed and then like youtube and the recommended videos was philadelphia with tom hanks and denzel washington good stuff and it was actually a really really good movie i really liked it a lot it was very sad but it was a cool film and i don't know i just never had seen it like as a kid i feel like as a kid if it's a movie that was always on like spike or tnt all the time like face off or any of those other like classics or whatever i've seen those a million times a million and one but that's something i don't think was ever like really on on tv that i could ever think of yeah and for the time when that movie came out and all, you know the themes and stuff that kind of talks about it's pretty important stuff and, it's, and i don't know if as like maybe 
as a kid back then that, or a younger person back then, it was any type of thing I would have gone out of my way to watch. But I mean, it, it is the the movie that I think Tom Hanks won like back to back Academy Awards with with that and uh, Forrest Gump. So po- good stuff. And then as far as anything else goes, uh, we'll talk about it a little bit later. I have been playing Pokemon Violet, of course. Craigie has Scarlet. And then today we will be talking about Warzone 2. So I'll get to that later on as well because those are the uh, two big games I'm playing. Oh, so what I've been playing uh, and I want to give a shout out if. And I will talk about it more next week. But Fall Guys Season 3 is out, if that's something you guys have been interested in. So going from space in Season 2, they're now doing the underwater theme. And one of the games... Oh, is that have, what it is? Yeah, one of the themes they one of the games they have is called Beat, uh, Bleat, Beat the Kraken or Release the Kraken. Oh, I've seen that one. Is that the one where the level starts falling apart? Dude, it's awesome. That's the one where I've actually snagged a couple of crowns on it so far. So more on that later. But I did want to dive into this other game called um, Vampire survivor and it is a roguelike shoot 'em up video game developed and published by luca galante also known as ponsel um it follows an early access period from december 17th of 2021 it is now officially out on console for xbox on november 10th 2022 this game is it's very simple and that's kind of the reason i like it the most is that Oh, essentially all it is is you, you pick out your character and you just survive these hordes of enemies coming in at you. It starts off being a couple weak ones and then it just progressively just gets stronger and stronger and stronger. And what you're doing is you're trying to collect these blue orbs that will level you up and then you're trying to find money so that after the game, after you die, because it is, you know, you're roguelike, you're going to die and you're going to replay it. You get, The money's going to buy you power up. So you can do things like faster health recovery, faster time of shooting, more armor, more health. And you're a vampire or you're hunting vampires? It's just called Vampire Survivor, and you're playing characters. Like, one of them looks like Alucard. So I think the concept is you're just surviving waves, and maybe the last enemy, the main boss, is a vampire or something. I'm not sure. I'll have to try um, it. Yeah, I, dude, I think you'll actually really, really dig it. Is I'm it on, on Game Pass or something? It is on the Game Pass, and I, I'm on level 3, and I had one of my best runs the other day, man. I So once you get to a certain point, I because there's 140 achievements in this game, Ugh. so but they're all like 5 points. So, you, I mean, you, you're knocking out like 10 at a time, 15 at a time, if you can make it. And it's all about just surviving, how long you can survive and what wave you make it to. And you can unlock other levels by, once you hit a certain time frame, like, the boss of the level will come out. And you got to try to beat her. But, or him or her, whatever level you're on. But, one of the things I do got to say is, there's a character on there and his name's Jimnaro. And you need, I think, 600 coins to unlock him. So, before you start buying power-ups, I would say get him because... The moment he picks up a, like, let's say you start shooting with um, two daggers. The moment he gets another weapon, he gets two of them. So if you pick up the fire wand, instead of shooting one fireball, you're shooting two fireballs. So I found him to be, so far, the easiest to try to smoke everybody because he just does so much damage early on. But uh, definitely check it out. And hopefully the clip I have is playing right now so you guys can see how badass the game actually is. As far as what I started watching, uh, the show Wednesday just dropped the other day oh did it it actually came out november 23rd which was a wednesday and it is the new take tim burton's new take on adam's family you know favorite wednesday a couple episodes it is i believe six episodes and it's on netflix so it dropped out at once you can yeah you can actually binge watch it and they're 40 minutes a piece actually i think it's closer to eight i've only watched episode one so take this with a grain of salt but the the premise is while attending Nevermore Academy, Wednesday Adams attempts to master her emerging psychic ability, thwart a killing spree, and solve the mystery that embroiled her parents 25 years ago. So that's what kind of, I wasn't sure what to expect with this show, but after knowing all of that, it does pull apart what I think Adams Family is, especially when you watch those movies. So 
I watched the first episode. I, I like, I like, don't like it. Like the the all the school stuff is like I don't like dumb kids. I don't like watching shows with like dumb kids. But like Wednesday is so like good. Avatar, like Avatar. It was a joke. I was gonna say yeah, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Dante's watched it. He's watched episode, like five episodes of it, and he says that he's really digging it. So if you're interested in a new take on the Adams family, definitely um, check it out because the chick playing Wednesday, um, Jenna Ortega, is easily like the best part of it, and it's really cool seeing Christina Ricci come back and play a part in the show, who was the original Wednesday from the Spoilish. movies. So how's that a spoiler? Those movies came out like in '94. Hey, you're, I didn't know she was in the show. Well, if you watch the trailer, you'll see her face. I didn't. Oh, then it's not a spoiler if it's in the trailer. Spoiler. Yeah, you're, you're silly. But that's just, that's what I've been up to, guys. So leave down in the comments below what you've been watching and what you have been playing. So uh, with all that down and out of the way, guys, let's move into our main story. And that is uh, God of War Ragnarok has officially released. Now, I'm going to say spoiler alert because, uh, well, Andrew hasn't beaten it. I've beaten it, but this ain't like a full review. I'm going to kind of give some early insight into what I think is really good about the game, but some things could be taken as a spoiler. So if you do want to skip it completely, check the timestamps and you can jump ahead. But I believe you had a question about it before we dive into it. Yes, I did. I just want to say that I do know what happens because there's certain games where like I don't have a PS5 and I'm just so caught up with everything else that there's certain games where I get maybe not as much pleasure as playing it, but I'll watch like a full YouTube like movie of whatever. So I know the story, what happens and I like it. I think it's cool. Obviously I don't get the same enjoyment out of playing it, but again, whatever he's going to mention, I already know it's going to happen, but I wanted to ask you having played it and I watched both of them. Do you like two more than one as a story overall? And I'm not talking about just like gameplay wise, whatever, but the direction of where they took the story, which one do yeah. you think is better? I, I do. I 100% do. And I know there's a lot of people that I've been reading going, Oh, number one had that first time enjoyment. That, That's you know, kind of the thing that I've seen a like, lot yeah. of people online they're saying. Like, they're like, you know, you can't recapture that. And I'm like, Dude, what I would argue is that for a while I thought the beginning, I thought Number Ragnarok was going to was playing just like Number One, and I could be like, okay, I can see that it's more of the same. But there's a certain point where this game pivots, where I'm like, this is completely different from Number One, and what it did differently was the same enjoyment I got from playing Number One. Where I'm like, okay, cool, this is now a new style of way to play the game, and I'll kind of dive into that later if you guys are interested in hearing that part. But I'm like, now not only did the game build on everything that Number One did correctly it added on and innovated in a way that in my opinion made it better which is a tall order to to try to expect when a lot of times when when games try to do that they fall flat right it's always like it's not as good as number one where i'd easily say that this is if not on par a better game than than god of war 2018 was so all right, cool. So diving into it, guys, I just want to point out a couple of things. And so God of War Ragnarok came out on November 9th, 2022, developed by Santa Monica Studios. Obviously, the sequel to God of War 2018. And uh, the first thing I kind of wanted to look at was the fact of how much this game actually was able to sell. So in terms of how healthy was it out the gate? How much were people... Because I think we're not fully understanding how anticipated this game really was. So... Uh, one of the things, and this comes to us from xputer.com, and it was showing that God of War had a, um, and this comes from Millie A, it was a tweet that she showed, God of War Ragnarok had an internal sales expectation that was at least 3.5 million copies sold worldwide after seven days of release, and they're saying that that was easily achieved. Now, I don't think the exact numbers have been put out yet, but to put that in context for you guys, 
one of the best-selling games that got uh, that Sony PlayStation has is when you look at like Drake's Fortune or some of the Uncharted games. You know, the best one that was sold was 2.7 million. So the fact that God of War is already at 3.5 plus is just great to see that this game is selling exceptionally well. Now, I believe in the what was it? The UK. Uh, let me see if I can fold this real quick. So, yeah, and this is from Video Games Chronicle, and this is just showing the UK sales. It says it became the best seller at the time in terms of week one sales and also lifetime sales for this franchise. Uh, so the GFK boss, Doyen Block, in 2018, God of War ranked at number five by units and revenue um, on the Sony formats. That was God of War 1. Um, actually, no, I don't know if I have that quote in front of me. So anyway, to move on, it shows that God of War did not only blow its um, sales number out of the water, but it's doing extremely well. So uh, with that being said, I do want to talk about the story and kind of, you know, on Andrew's point, why I liked it more than number one. First of all, when you start the game, the recap that gives you the option sucks. I would say skip that completely. Um, go to YouTube and watch an actual recap of this game and get a full understanding of it because it's been a couple years. I don't remember all of it. I remember the gist of it. But when I was watching the, the, the built-in one, I was like, I'm like, that's kind of lame. You didn't really tell me anything more than like my vague memory remembers of it. So um, I would say watch it on YouTube. But like I was saying, it's epic on every level. It's, it took everything that the reboot made special and like doubled down on it. It expanded the world. It gave characters like endings. So a lot of the characters that you met in number one, in this one, it really fleshes them out even more. Um, the timeline was a cool thing that jumped forward. It's not a game that took place, you know, six months afterwards. It goes on, I think it's like two years. So Atreus and everybody else is a little bit older. Um... This game has everything. It's got twists, betrayals, there's going to be deaths, there's suspense, there's everything in this game that makes it awesome. One of the things a lot of people were kind of asking is like, how long is this game? And, I, and again, it kind of depends on the difficulty and how much you're trying to complete. After looking it up, it says the average is about 23 hours to, and if you're trying to 100% the game, it's at 49 hours. And I think my game, I beat it just under 28 hours. And that was me doing side quests and, you know, beating the game. And I think I was playing on the second highest difficulty, so I wasn't trying to grind out the highest one. Uh, one of the cool things is that I would highly recommend if you're going to play this game, don't skip on the side quest. Don't just try to rush through it and just to beat it, because I know you can go back and do everything, but half the fun of playing this game was when you're moving forward in this world, like the stories that I was telling you earlier, like that when you're talking, like I usually play a game with listen to a podcast if I don't need to listen to it. I wasn't doing that. I was. I had actually had my headset on. I was listening to it. All the conversations that these guys have are awesome. And then some of the stuff they talk about leads into the side quest and tells you how their story ends or certain aspects that you didn't know about certain characters. So I would say if you're interested in knowing more about them, definitely do all as many side quests as you feel are important to you. But as far as the gameplay goes, this I think kind of leans more into maybe one of the spoilers is that it's got some new mechanics that I feel on paper can overwhelm a lot of people. I've been listening to some other podcasts and people are saying like, there's so many different combos and weapons and things you got to do. And it can be overwhelming. I think this is where it leans kind of more into its RPG uh, mechanics where there's a lot of thing. Eventually you've got three weapons. There's the, the chains of Olymp uh, the chains of chaos or whatever, uh, the ax, and there's a new weapon, which I won't spoil for you. Um, they all have two moves. They all have different abilities that you can buy and then more combos that you have to execute to actually fully unlock them. 
you've got different sets of armor you've got a bunch of different rpg things so i would just say don't let that overwhelm you stick to what you like in terms of how you like to do your combat and don't necessarily focus on doing moves that you aren't going to be using a lot because i know that's what turn that's what's turning a lot of people off but the biggest thing that i say that stands out with this game and would probably be the biggest spoiler so if you made it this far nothing's ruined it for you maybe this might be it is that there's a point in the game unlike number one where the whole game is kratos and atreus kind of navigating this world together there's a point now where kratos and atreus actually separate and you'll play moments of the game as kratos with another partner navigating and doing what he needs to do and then parts where atreus meets these other new characters which happened to be my favorite part of the game atreus wasn't one of my favorite characters in number one although his his part of it was awesome in number two he's hands down one of the favorite characters i've got to enjoy and now you get to play him as the main person with somebody kind of following him and having his back and the cool thing is those players that when it happens it circulates it goes to different people sometimes it's this person it's either a b or c and each of those stories those moments are awesome you're like dude this opens up this story so uh, I don't want to give away any type of the ending, so I'll probably pause it there, but I would say if it's something you've been looking forward to, jump on it. The The gameplay is solid. Um, it's It might feel like they didn't add too much more from number one, but I don't think you really have to when number one was so good. Um, the combat is awesome. The character is awesome. The, my biggest gripe, if you want to call it that, is because you can tell it's still tethered to PS4 um uh the systems there's still a lot of parts where kratos is doing the infamous you know slide through a rock the, the part where you have to squat down and go through something and it's unfortunate because it is a lot of it and i it would have been awesome to just have a ps5 exclusive and seeing what this thing could have been at full power because that that sluggish ps4 that's holding it down did I mean, for my enjoyment slowed it down a little bit i mean i would still put it at the top of my list for game of the year but that little gripe of being like, man, this game could have been a little a little more solid. But, I mean, it's, if that's going to be my only gripe, then God of War, I think, is going to have legs. And I think it's going to be in the conversation. Obviously, it's something we'll talk about a little bit later. But it's um, a great game. If you got any questions about getting it, it is completely worth it. And I would definitely say uh, check it out. Elden Ring didn't have to do that to load areas, but <laughs> that's neither here nor there. But what I did want to add, I, I actually was going to ask you, mm -hmm. did you have a surprising favorite character that maybe you didn't see kind of coming? Because I know a lot of people, too, were kind of down on, like, Fat Thor, and maybe it's because the whole, like, Chris Hemsworth Thor. and whatever. But after seeing that, I'm like, oh, man, dude, Thor is fucking dope. Yeah, I would say Trace kind of became my favorite character, especially with everything that happens to him. Thor, once you, obviously from the trailers, you know he's in the game. Once you start getting into his personal life he's he's so interesting especially all everyone that he's connected to and you know who surprisingly i thought in the very beginning i thought i wasn't gonna like him the guy that does odin or at least they're, they're i did not odin. like it at first either I, but the more i got into it because there are going to be moments spoilers that you know odin's going to be involved in this story more intricate than just being a zeus final battle he's going to be more intricate and the more you talk to him, the more he talks to you, the more you hear his kind of philosophy on things, the way you see he impacts other characters' lives in, in not only Asgard, but across the Nine Realms. I was like, dude, Odin is surprisingly, he kind of shot up to the top of my list. And there's a couple of characters that aren't in the trailer, so I don't want to say anybody else's name, that when you meet them, you're going to be like, oh, she's cool. Oh, 
that person's cool. Like, you know, I mean, I felt like there's no, there's nobody in this game that I thought that I thought was unnecessary. Everybody in this is, um, I mean, even when you get the Heimdall, man, Heimdall was a, was a really cool character and their version of him in Asgard. So it's hard for me to think of anybody that that wasn't awesome to meet or interact with every time I saw them. So I thought, I mean, that's what I'm saying. They did such a good job in character development that where that's why it's my game of the year. I mean, you can have all the action and stuff and and all these other games, but like this movie, if you thought Uncharted 4 was playing a movie, then you haven't played God of War Ragnarok yet. You know what I mean? And I know people that have bought in PS4s just to play Uncharted 4. So this game is to me, if you, I mean, it sucks that it's still on PS4, but like it looked amazing playing it on the PS5. I was gonna say, I do want to jump in on that point that you just made of how like it looks and playing and how good it is and the focus on the story. And I'm glad that <laughs> that is really what the focus was on. Like when they were saying it, like this is the end of the Norse trilogy or the Norse, the Norse saga, the saga versus. Uh, all right, well, we're going to wait, and now we're going to work on this game for another 10 years, so that way it could look like a huge another graphical leap, versus no, instead, we're going to, we already have games that look absolutely amazing, not everything has to be leaps and bounds ahead of each other, so what we're really going to do is dial in that story and get that to a 10, and make the gameplay the best we can, and I feel that that was a better route, versus otherwise you wouldn't have played this for like another, you know, like five years. Yeah, well, and here's the other thing, this game just showed what can be done with games that are still tethered to old hardware. So there should be no excuse if you're going, oh, our game doesn't run as good because there's still the PS4. Then it's like, then why can Santa Monica do it? Why can God of War uh, uh, Ragnarok come out, run on the PS5 and the PS4 and be awesome? There's no excuse for, again, like if you want to bring up like Gotham Knights, oh, we're all next gen, but yet we run like shit. It's like, well, th if this game can still be tethered to old hardware, then I don't want to hear anybody else's excuses because this game ran flawlessly. Obviously, it had to do the tropes of doing manipulation so you don't see loading scenes, but it's like there should be no other issue with any other game that has to be that has the same problem because that we've just now seen that it can be done and it can be done well. As soon as you had mentioned that, that was the first thing I thought of was Gotham Knights doing the same thing where you have to get through the cave yeah. and do whatever and, super slow. And, and which are like, tethered to a old hardware. So it's yeah. like, I don't understand that. But yeah, anything else on God of War you want to mention at all? Nah, man, I'm glad you loved it. Again, I think it's going to do really well. It definitely got a lot of nominations for uh, Game of the Year. Yeah, I did want to point out one thing now that I am thinking of it, is that I believe um, Santa Monica Studios, did I not pull that out at all? I thought I had all this right in front of me, but uh, uh, I know God of War, um, they don't want to do, I think after this they're taking a break, and I think they've already started working on other projects, but the director has said he'd like to work on, ca on a Castlevania game. Should Konami be willing to outsource the license to the classic game series? So there's an article on Video Game Chronicle, and I'll put it in the notes at the end, of him kind of speculating on what other things they could do. A Castlevania, uh, maybe even if we want to do a reboot, Done in the way they've done God of War. Would you be interested in something like that? I would hate for it to be an exclusive, but I would buy PlayStation Five for that. <laughs> would you? I mean, you like that kind of style of having an open, kind of a semi-open world of like Alucard or a Belmont, kind of going around and kind of. I mean, once yeah, you kind they, of said uh, that, I was like, that is super, super interesting. They have a classic one. I'm sure. I I, I don't think you've ever played it because we had this conversation before. It's called like Curse of Darkness, and it's. Not semi, it's kind of semi-open world, like there's a lot of areas you can go, but it's not as open, there's like a lot of 
corridors, but you can kind of go anywhere, and there's all kinds of different areas, almost like the Final Fantasy XII approach, but not as wide of an area as Final Fantasy XII. Some spots are a little bit, and that one has like a fighting style almost similar to like God of War's in a bit, but that one you could use different weapons to level up like the guys that you're with so they already have some stuff that was kind of like that and i really really enjoyed them i thought that was almost like that peak castlevania because you had those and then if you wanted the 2d scrolling you had the stuff that was on game boy so you're kind of getting the best of both worlds at the same time that i would love to see something like that come back yeah. i don't think that castlevania has to be relegated to just a side scrolling 2 2.5 3d whatever style what was game. the what was the one patrick stewart um, uh, Lords of Shadow. So I know a lot of people didn't like that, but I liked Lord, Lords of Shadow, and at least part one. I never finished part two, but like it kind of had that journey adventure, and I don't know. So I think it'd be interesting if they did, and I mean, I could see Konami licensing out some rights, just to, and especially a studio that's made... I mean, I don't know how much it would cost them to get it, but especially a studio that just made a Game of the Year contender. I just want them to not do like what they did with that. I feel like... I, I don't know. I didn't really care for that. I'd rather them just take... The established lore and do it almost like what the Netflix series did. Build on that foundation that's there and make it more rich. Nice. So we went along on God of War because I know Andrew wants to get into our next big topic. And that is uh, Call of Duty Warzone 2. So again, guys, if you had any thoughts, opinions on God of War Ragnarok, leave it down in the comment below. Because I haven't been able to talk to really anybody in my close circle of friends. Because I don't think anyone has beaten it yet. So I'd love to hear you guys' thoughts and comments. So... Uh, this is Andrew's uh, expertise. I don't really dig into Warzone. So all I can say is that this game just dropped on November 16th. And I know that they just hit. So I wanted to give them a, a congratulations. And that Call of Duty hit its 25 million player milestone. Which was that something that is that a high number to hit generally expecting? Or is that something that Call of Duty fans we know we know it was just gonna gonna smash that ceiling. I mean, it's gonna smash the ceiling regardless. I especially you know there's so many other free because again it's like a free to play battle royale. There's stuff like Apex, PUBG. There's a lot of other games out there, and I wonder if yeah, in five days over 25 million players. So really cool. I wonder if it hit that number, and again that's a skewed number because did it really hit that number or did it hit that number because Warzone 1 is down? Because these are two very different mm. games, and I do see some people that are not liking the new one that wish the old one was still up, which the old one is going to be coming back and going to have the same gameplay style and whatever it is that they're doing. They're not changing anything with that. So that's why when I seen that number, I'm like, ah, I wonder if that's like a real number. And it's still an impressive number to hit, but when you took down the only other alternative... <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Now you're only forcing them down one hallway. So, um, so overall... I, I mean, and give your thoughts and opinions and, you know, go at length as whatever you need to do. But is this a better one? Because I know after watching some things, there's a lot of different changes between one and two. Is two going to have as much love as number one? And then kind of just give me your pros and cons. I think that it can. I mean, that's what I did. I have a pros and cons. But I mean, as far as comparing it to one, I think that this one would, it, it depends on who you ask, you know. I'll say that Warzone 1 Verdansk, and maybe that's just because it was the first thing of its kind. That was the first time Call of Duty did something. It came out of nowhere when people didn't think it was going to be good, especially when so many other, uh, you know, battle royales were out. Was peak. That was like pinnacle top battle royale for Call of Duty. But a lot of people hated Caldera. What it became, I personally hated Caldera. I was so over fucking playing Call of Duty that towards like the final 
month and a half before the game even released, I didn't even play anymore. I just, I completely stopped playing. I would jump in and play Rebirth, like the little smaller maps, because those are quicker and that's a map that has been there forever. But I was like, yeah, I'm not playing the big map anymore. I cannot fucking stand it. Like, it's just, the map's lame. I don't like the movement. I don't like the weapons. I didn't like anything about it. So going into this, personally, I like this one more so far. I don't know if it quite captures that Caldera feeling yet, but I'm having an absolutely amazing time playing it. I'm having so much fun. I think I've got... It sucks right now because they don't have like a scoreboard or anything like that up. So I think I have more than like 10 wins already. And uh, I've been playing quads, duos, they have everything up. They have Shout out a couple of teammates. Oh, uh, I played with Devin Collins, friend of the show. And of course, I always play with my dad, my cousin, a few friends. And uh, random guy... I'll bring it up right now. I'm loving the proximity chat. Puppy Chow, my boy. We uh, <laughs> we ended up winning the game even though I had to buy him back like five times. But so Proximity uh, chat, if anyone doesn't know that. Uh, proximity chat, uh, they added that now to Call of Duty to where when you're within range of anybody, even if it's like an enemy or a friend or something like that, you can be talking to each other. So there's tons of times where I'm talking shit to people and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to find you and fucking kill you right now. And then, but is that in things like PUBG? That's not brand new to Call of Duty, right? Hasn't that been something that's kind of been done? And is it's it- I I don't know if it was ever in PUBG because I only played PUBG on console, and I don't mm. remember it really having that. And usually, I was always in like a party. So I'm not sure. I mean, it's new to Call of Duty, and people are loving it. That's right here, yeah. It's there's awesome. so many crazy clips online now. People, I think that that is arguably the number one thing they did, just because that is that new way of creating content. Is people are just finding so many funny ways to like outplay each other, talk to each other, just whatever it is that you're doing. Excellent. As far as the map goes, now that we've fully got it out there. I love the map. I don't think if there's an issue with this game that it is the map at all. The map feels good, fresh. I haven't heard anyone complain about it. There's so many different points of interest that you can go to. It's leagues better than Caldera. Again, I don't know if it's as well as Verdansk, but we'll have to see over time as far as how that goes. I'm loving the weapon so far. Everything feels good. It feels a lot better than when we went back to Caldera with the World War II weapons just being... I, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot more to do with a lot more attachments. So you there's a, a little something for everybody's gameplay style. And you can even win with just floor loot weapons. So you don't have to be using whatever that top tier meta is and feeling like you're going to get smoked if you're not using that. I feel like you could yeah, be... That makes it a little more... It, that makes it a little more easy for someone like me to jump in and be like okay I'll, then I, i'm not just gonna get fucking canned every time i i don't know what i'm doing and that's a big thing too and i know that's why a lot of pro play or not pro players but like big time streamers don't like it a lot of the big things i've been hearing is they're saying it's slower and it is slower but i was never really a fan of like the break your camera and fucking run around i don't i never thought that that was skill-based movement is running around skill-based movement is navigating a map having better positioning you know i'm watching these people get slaughtered when they're running out and saying the game shit, but it's like, dude, you're running out in the open between a building, a football field length, and another building. They're shooting at you in the middle. What makes you think you can get away if you're not shooting back? That makes smokes more viable. You can dolphin dive. That makes the team system a lot better. <laughs> but it, it, I don't want to say it produces camping, but it does level that playing field of, I'm a newer person. If I catch a pro out in the open... And I'm shooting first. Why shouldn't I be able to smoke them? Why should they be able to run around and do some figure eight shit and then be able to turn on me? That's not skill based and that's not fun for anybody. And I've won a million more zones. So I'm not saying I get smoked by people who do the camera shit. You know, I, I run around and do it too. You have to abuse the system. But I think it's a lot fair. I think as far as a negative goes, 
playing into this is I think they need to come up with a different way to make that skill gap. And what I mean is right now, a lot of the weapons are kind of the same. They really haven't patched it yet. They kind of have to see how everything works. So hopefully down the road, I'll be able to use an AK-47 that has more recoil than, you know, the SCAR does, but it does more damage. So if I can learn to hone that recoil, if I can learn to get really good with a top tier weapon that's hard to use, I should be able to do more damage and to down people quicker because I put in that time. Agreed. Um, and I like some of the things that they're doing with this. They have this other mode. It's called Unhinged Trios. And I thought this one was super interesting. And this plays into the chat, the proximity chat. So normally you play trios, 3v3v3s. You can land you're talking to people and you can talk to whoever it is that's around you as long as they're within proximity and convince them to join your team. So you can actually send them an invite in the game and oh. create a team of up to six people and then roam around as a team of fucking six fighting everybody. That's so I've ran around as a team of six. I've had to fight team of sixes. So I thought that was really fun. That's and then there's lots of people who play on that saying, Oh, hey, you want to join our team? They're already a team of six. The other guys will come. Yeah, yeah. But it's just to lure you in, and then they'll fucking kill uh, you. Or there's, I've done it before. I'm like, hey, do you want to team up? And they'll fire at me. I'm like, oh, well, you're fucking dead now. And they'll try to, like, no, no, we can play. And I'm like, all right. But as soon as their team's together, I'll, like, fire a rocket in the ground. I'm like, no, dude, you already fucked me up. I, I can't trust you now. I'm moving on to the next I person. Like so they, it just creates a lot of the trust dynamics, and it's just really fun. Um, I think my only negatives that I really have about it Again, like I said, there's no scoreboard, the skill-based weapons. Um, you can't really save your blueprints at the moment. It's a lot of minor shit that they perfected in the last one that should be here because the menu is still kind of a mess. So, I mean, that'll get there. I think the biggest problem that I have with this game, and I think a lot of people still have, is the loot grabbing. Now, when you die or if you go to someone's backpack, you got to go through this menu. And I'm a lot faster at the menu than I used to be so it's not terrible but there's a weapon that will be flat on the ground like this pen and you'll literally have to I example I died on a hill the other day and I had my weapon I was able to come back I'm going to my gun I can't pick it up because it's lying on the ground at some weird fucking angle and so I keep having to go like this trying to go like left right left right stand on top of it go wherever and then finally it'll show up saying do you want to pick it up by the time I pick it up I'm getting shot in the back by fucking somebody else so they need to do something about being able to pick up stuff off the ground because there's been times too like the other day it was me one other guy in a team of two and I'm fighting them and I'm winning but I kill someone I can see he has better weapons I'm trying to pick it up because I'm out of ammo and I'm not able to quickly grab this gun turn and keep fighting I'm sitting here having to dabble in this fucking menu and it just completely takes me out it's just so slow that I end up getting messed up and that's funny I think that the pros and cons are I, I I'm more on the pro side I'm loving it I it's weird to say that I'm having more fun with a game that's considered incomplete and finished, even like with Pokemon, spoiler alert, these games that are incomplete and broken and whatever, I'm having more fun playing these than some of the other things I played the rest of this year. I was gonna ask, because the one thing I did notice that I don't think number one has, you can swim in this one now, can't you? Can't you like dive underwater? Oh, that, that? Yeah, yeah, that is a big thing, because there's a big part of the map that is partly underwater, so underwater gameplay is a big thing. There's so many differences between this one and that one, but that's one of the more dynamic changes. You could fall out of the sky and land in the water and not take damage, but there's like a whole city area to where 
if you're trying to rotate in and there's a team here, you could swim underwater and there's like little lanes and okay. then pop out somewhere else. I think it's cool, yeah, that that's just something that's allowed like in the gameplay. It's not just land call. Yeah, because I was watching something, I'm like, I don't remember anyone diving in the last one, but that's cool that it's actually part of the world now. Because it, it would kill you, right? If you fell in but, water like a number one? Yeah, before, yeah, it would just instantly kill you. You can only go out to like, I think like ankle deep if you're standing on the shoreline, but you're not in, in the water. And this one, when you're underwater, people can't even see you. You're completely invisible. So you're just spraying the water trying to hit someone before they have to come up for air. Excellent. If you weren't a fan of the first one, I would say jump in and try it. Like I said, I played with friend of the show the other day, Devin Collins, and he said that he did not like Warzone 1. He was wasn't a big fan of it. After playing the other day, he said he was, we were having a great time, had some you know hilarious conversations. But more than anything, he said, you know, I feel like I'm not getting smoked in this. Like I'm standing a chance, and this is feeling a lot better to me than what Warzone One did. So if that's you, then definitely get in there and try it. Nice guys. So leave your comments down below how you feel about Call of Duty Warzone Two. And if there's any big updates or changes, I'm sure we'll tackle. Andrew will jump back in there and give you guys all the updates. So. With our two main stories out of the way, guys, let's move into questions of the week. Now, if you guys want to submit a question uh, for Andrew and I to answer, you can do it so a couple of ways. <coughs> you can email us at lastcallproductions at gmail.com. You can leave a YouTube comment on the show down below where we can pick it there. Or you guys can find me on any of the social medias at Craig Paralysis, and I can find it there and I can add it. So our first question comes from Jake T, and they write, the VGA, the Video Game Award, nominees are out for Game of the Year. Did you guys play any of these, and what are your thoughts? So yeah, the, the list just dropped, and if you guys are interested in it, that is coming up on December 8th, and right before that show, Andrew and I will do a show like we did last year, where we kind of pick some, uh, some bets, but the Game of the Year dropped, and the nominees are A Plague Tale, a Plague Tale Requiem, which is by um, Asabo Studio and Focus Entertainment. Glad to see that one up there. Yeah, that's really cool that it made it made the cut. Elden Ring, which is from Software and Bandai Namco. Hype. God of War Ragnarok from uh, Sony Santa Monica and Sony uh, Inter uh, Sony. What is I? It's Interactive inter Entertainment. Inter yeah, Interactive Entertainment. Uh, Horizon Forbidden West, Guerrilla Games, and SIE. Same thing. And then Stray from Blue Twelve Studio and Annapurna. And then Xenoblade Chronicles 3 from Monolith Software and Nintendo. So, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting list. And I don't think anybody would argue that Elden Ring, God of War, and Horizon Forbidden West, for a year, like 2022, that I wouldn't say was underwhelming. We've got some great games. But I don't think the competition was as stacked as, let's say, 2023 is going to be. So, I don't think anyone was kind of worried that any of those three games would make it on there. I would say A Plague Tale... It's super interesting that it make it on there because I think it was kind of the first one. I wouldn't want to say it was overlooked, but I know I sat on it for a couple years. Stray is a super interesting indie game that has made it on this. And it's weird because I know when it was coming out, a lot of people were saying game of the year. And we'll get into that. And then I think Xenoblade Chronicles 3 um, is interesting. Now, I've, I've played, I've beaten Stray. I've beaten God of War Ragnarok. I've beaten Horizon Forbidden West. Andrew has 100% at Elden Ring. Plague Tale Requiem is both on our to-do list before right, December's up. Right, that just came out, yeah. And I don't think either of us have played Xenoblade Chronicles. So I don't want to dive too long because we're already stretching, but what do you think of the list, and um, is there anything you should t you would take off and add? 
Uh, I like the list. I think it's very fair. I think really though, the only contention it's it's between Elden Ring or God of War. I don't think anything else stands a chance. I mean, not to insult the other games, but there's there's no way. And even before God of War dropped, everyone was just saying it's just Elden Ring. If God of War doesn't do something, it's, it's Elden Ring's gonna sweep. So it's between those two. I personally would drop Stray because I think this year we had Pokemon Arceus. I think Pokemon Arceus did far more, especially for that series than i mean what stray did with what it had so that's what i would have to put down i would have put violet if violet had actually made the cutoff i know it has its problems but like i said i'm in love so you'll have to find out about that later nice yeah i agree with andrew elden ring or god of war are easily the top two picks your his is gonna go to elden ring mine's gonna go to god of war i can we can call that now right yeah and i would say straight i mean it sucks because it, it, it's a super interesting indie and everything it did was i thought it was fun and it's 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 just weird that this game out of so many others would beat it, especially for me. Um, there was a game earlier in the year called Nobody Saves the World that I thought was infinitely superior like in, in terms of just what you can do. And I don't again, like Andrew's saying, I don't want to take away from it because there are people that are like, wow, I didn't know I needed this game until I needed this game. And I'm playing this cat where I just thought Nobody, Nobody Saves the World was a super interesting idea on what we know as dungeon crawlers. So... For me, if I had to replace anything out of the out of the games I've played this year, that would be the one that I would take on. It's hard to say because I can't replace Xenoblade because I don't even I've never played at least played well. I played number one, so like I can get a basis of what I think right. number two is gonna be. It's hard for me to say anything about Xenoblade Chronicles three just because I'm not familiar too familiar with the series by any means. Well, I'm a dog guy anyway. I actually hate cats. I'm a little <laughs> allergic to them, so that's gonna. I, I would take it off regardless. So, so as fans, if you guys do want to um, cast your vote for all the categories, then Andrew and I will probably dive into our next week episode. Go to thegameawards.com, and from there, you guys can do all of your picks. Vote so. for Elden Ring. <laughs> uh, so, thank you for the question. The next question comes from. Let's see if I can pull it up here real quick. Oh boy! Oh boy! Uh, Tawny S. And they write. Um, I like that more companies are moving Black Friday off of Thanksgiving Day so Good. they can be closed. Is there anything you guys are trying to get this year? Um, I, it, I think you wrote me like a week ago where we're like, anything? And I, I remember generally the, the rule of thumb is you go get your new TV. You go get, but I think, I mean, my TVs aren't the best in the world, but they're adequate for what I need. And I don't think I need to rush to get one. Um, and we'll talk about games here in a second, but outside of games, was there anything? Were you getting any electronics or anything? I actually am going to look today because I want to see if I can find a TV that's going to hit 120 frames because I play Call of Duty, and so Call of Duty would run that 120. Other than that, I already have like 4K HD, whatever yeah. TVs out and need anything. I do want to get a nice ceramic knife set because where we live, the water's hard, so you spend money on good knives and they rust pretty bad. So <sighs> I was looking, so I was looking it up, I was doing all kinds of weird shit, and I'm just like, you know, is this like being an adult now? Like I got to sit here and fucking find out which knives are the best mm -hmm. and ceramic. They said it doesn't rust. Nice. So leave down what you guys want to do. But we did want to point out that um, if you guys are interested in um, some game sales, uh, I know Xbox is running their digital sales all the way to the end of the year. Yeah, I believe, we got a Yeah, I believe Sony is doing the same. So one thing that Andrew and I are both going to go halves on because we share an Xbox so we can kind of split it is, and he brought it to my attention, was the Grand Theft Auto Trilogy right now that has... Three Vice City and San and Andreas, San Andreas, and that's for thirty dollars. Yeah, hey, for fifteen a piece, uh, that was a steal. The other one I know we wanted to kind of look at is Dragon Ball uh, Breakers, which I know got a bad rap and it was getting a bunch of bad shit, but it's only fourteen dollars. So for seven a piece, I'll, I'll you know I'll check that out. Um, for and then as a solo pick for me, 
um, and I, because I haven't played Bioshock since like the 360 era, is if you're interested, and which I think is one of the best trilogies, if not the best trilogy in video games of all time, you can get the Bioshock 1, 2, and Infinite right now for $9.99, which is a steal. So I know, I know the other one at? I was looking at was the uh, Castlevania Advanced Collection for $11.99. That comes with four games. Uh, Dracula X, Aria of Sorrow, Harmony of Dissonance, and Circle of the Moon. Now, some of those are looked at as like peak side-scrolling Castlevania, just like Symphony of the Night. So I think that's definitely something we're going to pick up too. I've been kind of waiting on that for a while because, again, I've got so many other games to play. But at eleven ninety nine, I don't see how I can't pick it up. Yeah, it's a good way to put it in the backlog and it's there when you need it. So um, if you guys found any cool deals, let us know down below if you're something... Um, that you're interested in, let us know because I always like seeing what people can find and the, the deals they can haggle. So, uh, final question comes from Pokemon Fanatic, and they write, uh, "Have you guys heard of all the issues Pokemon Scarlet and Violet are having? Do you think it's over exaggerated, or is it really a serious problem?" So, I got to stay right now. Playing the game, at least when I started playing it, I haven't noticed anything really bad besides like maybe some frame drops. So when I was looking up, I'm like, okay, what what's everyone talking about in terms of like these glitches? There's a f hilarious, like, nine-minute video of all the shit that people have, like, compiled into what problems they've been having. Pokemon getting stuck together, people running in the glass, all these things. And I can only say from my experience is if you just did the day one patch or played it the next day and did the patch, I haven't had any issues. The only problem I've had is when you go fight the gym leader who runs the cooking shop. And he, and he has to, he gets off, and he, he gets off to sea, and he, you gotta go oh, battle. Oh, Larry? Whatever his name is. Um, I battled him once, and something happened, and I restarted my game, and I went to battle him again, and he was invisible. That's been the only glitch I've seen. What about you? I have not had anything like that. I think the only thing, and I don't know if it's meant to be like that, is like you're fighting a gym leader, and if, or not a gym leader, just fighting someone randomly, and you're out in the wild. Like Pokemon will like wander in between the fight and be like fucking walking around. So I'll have like a Psyduck because I'm like fighting this guy <laughs> wandering in the middle of my shit, and that doesn't really bug me. But the most I've yeah the, the most I've had is like Craig said I've had frame drops especially when I get to like this really big city but it was a huge city in the middle of a desert on the switch so I as soon as it was there, as soon as I got to what I was seeing and there's water flowing everywhere it was actually I really liked the design of that place I was like okay I can understand especially coming from where I came from why that dropped like that but that was the worst drop that I had it dropped to like 13 other than that I've had it crash one time and i think it's because i was messing up and i was like flying all over the fucking place and like i have a habit of clicking on the wrong menu so i had the i, I, I was too. menu mashing and going to <laughs> i was doing a lot of weird shit and then it crashed on me one time but other than that i haven't had a problem except for like i said with the um the, the frames dipping but again it's not unplayable i've seen the video we kind of watched a little bit of it and i wonder if that's almost like what we were saying when Cyberpunk came out. When you and me played Cyberpunk, we had no problems, no issues, maybe a couple like little glitches here and there, versus when we were watching other people play it and the shit they had going on, where I was just like, man, like I don't know if you're just unlucky, if you're forcing that situation, if you're looking for these sort of things, so right. that way you could put up a video and be like, oh, Pokemon's fucking broken, blah, 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 blah. I don't, I, like I said, I'm I'm in love. I'm having such a great time. Yeah, I think from the little that I've seen, because again, I've I've seen like Pokemon run in the walls and get stuck or something like that. But it's like that's not for me. That's not deteriorating from like the enjoyment I'm having from the game. It's like, and we should be impressed that Pokemon's even at this level, because uh, Arceus kind of had the same things where things would would pop up slowly or you things from the background would would like windmills are like chugging along. But it's like that doesn't take away 
from a Pokemon game. Now, this was happening in Horizon Forbidden West, and I'm I'm seeing windmills not move. A that'd powerhouse be, on that'd the be PS5. one thing. Yeah. But yeah, a Nintendo Switch Pokemon game where like that's the least thing I could I could care less about a windmill moving around. Does the Pokemon mechanics work? Does this new style of innovation from all the old ones like that's what I'm worried about. And as far as that goes, I have had any issues with it. But I mean, if you are playing one of these games where p- your things are getting stuck and all that, I could see it. But I mean, between me, him, and Cien are all playing it. I haven't heard him say that thing. Nobody out of all three of us, I, I don't know if Chet's playing it, but I, don't, I haven't heard any of our friends saying, oh, I've had this incident happen. Like The most we're all saying is like, yeah, it's a little sluggish, a little slow, but everything's been fine. So I don't know where all this is coming from. This had to have been day one stuff. And again, like when Andrew jumped on, I mean, maybe if you don't have the internet on your Switch and you, you don't do an update or something, but like I'll, Andrew was like, oh yeah, let me update it. And then after that, you're like, oh yeah, it's running faster. And I'm like, well... Clearly, this had to have been something early, unless there's just that many copies, but I just, I don't buy it. Yeah, it, again, and it's crazy, because the amount of traveling you do in this game, going from, like, zone to zone to zone to zone, like, all the different areas, the different types, the different things that pop up, the water, everything like that, you figure there would be more issues with the way people are talking about it in the videos they see, but for the amount of places you go and as much as you're doing, I don't, I, again, like I said, I maybe I'll have something pop in, but I'm not having shit get stuck in trees or go flying or, you know... <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know who will pop in. I, I, was saying, will I haven't pop even out. had any like weird like texture stuff where like the guy loads in but their face is flat and their clothes you know n- nothing like that even. Although I did have one one other thing I would say and I don't want to know I don't know if it's a glitch or a bug or what but um that rock Pokemon Naklik whatever he was supposed to evolve at like twenty six and I was sending I don't know if it was you or Cien I think it was Cien I was sending him pictures and my dude was at like a like a twenty nine. And I even looked it up, and he wasn't evolving. And then, like, randomly at level 30, like, he finally went. But but I'm like, I don't know if that was a glitch or what, or maybe the numbers are wrong. But, like, yeah, so yeah. that Man, was I'm, one thing I was like, okay, well, this is starting to, like, I almost swapped him in my party. Is that the stupid Minecraft guy? Yeah. I'm actually using him now that he's pretty, he's tanky. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. To answer your question point blank is I think it is over-exaggerated because, I mean, I haven't seen it personally, and the people we play with haven't said it either. So, I would say if that's something you're on the fence about, Check it out, because these games aren't going to lower in price anytime soon. So if you want to play it, just play it, and then just keep an eye on the patches and the updates, and you should be sound as a pound. Or you could just wait, because we are going to be making a separate Pokemon video, just a little something about our experience, and then you can see what we really have to say about it. So there you go. So, guys, thank you for the questions. Thank you for your time, guys. That is the end of episode 153. Join us next time on episode 154. So my name is Craig Prowse. That is... Is Andrew Matsumayer. Until next time, guys. Cheers. Happy Thanksgiving. I didn't take anything to go just because it's a 40-minute drive that I don't want my car smelling like that like the next day. But I was definitely afraid I was going to have to shit my pants on the drive home. <laughs> a nice poop pants. That's funny. That's why? Well, I think... After my dad said he had an emergency once, I keep toilet paper in the trunk of my car just in case. I keep emergency. fucking. I have a two. I have a two two packs in there. I've had to shit on the side of roads before, dude, and it's not fun. I haven't since I was like a kid. No, that's what I'm saying. Like I've done it before, and it's just it sucks. Like I remember going home from Flagstaff one time, and we were like, it was like a hangover or something, man. And I just remember being like, dude, like I, I don't. We're not. I'm not making it to the, to the gas station. Like pull over, please, and I need everybody's socks in there. <laughs> <laughs>